quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. In this episode of Boss Files... People don't need a minimum wage. They need, they need a maximum amount of cash in their pocket. Legendary investor Warren Buffett. His take on the Trump economy and why he teamed up with Amazon's Jeff Bezos and J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon to take on the healthcare industry. The goal is to check this tapeworm of cost. We spoke to the Oracle of Omaha here in New York on his 88th birthday. Happy 88th birthday, Warren. Well, thank you. It's also my anniversary, too. Well, there you go. <laughs> thank you for spending some of it with us. Uh, good to be here. So the reason we're here today, wine bottles and yeah. all, is because someone paid $3.3 million to have lunch with you. That's correct. For a very important cause, yeah. and that's the Glide Foundation, which sole purpose is to break the cycle of poverty and marginalization for people in this country. It shows that somebody cares for somebody that didn't think anybody cared. Why is this cause so important to you? Well, I, it's for real, for one thing. I mean, I, I was a little skeptical at first, but, but my first wife uh, kept saying, this is something special. And... So I actually went to church there on a Sunday, and, but then I met Cecil Williams, and I, I met the, I saw the people that he was helping, and I saw these people that they'd given up on, they'd given up on themselves, their friends had given up on them, they thought the world had given up on them, but Cecil never gave up, and so now they've, they've changed the lives of thousands and thousands of people one at a time, mm-hmm. and I, I've never been able to do that, but I, I, I love supporting somebody that. It's been over 50 years now doing that, and they'll continue to do it. There are only so many uh, millionaires and billionaires who can give back in the way you do. Not all of them do. Um, And I I thought it was interesting because in an email that you sent to the billionaire investor, Leon uh, Koperman, you wrote that a disproportionately low number of people who made their fortune on Wall Street have donated to the Giving Pledge, obviously the foundation that you have set up with Bill and Melinda Gates to give the majority of wealth uh, to those in need. You're basically saying Wall Street billionaires aren't giving enough away. Well, I'm saying that there's a disproportionately low number of them compared to people elsewhere. Leon is a terrific, I mean, he's going to give away 90% plus, and there's there's others, but there's two groups, well, I shouldn't say just two necessary, but there's another group, the, the inheritors generally are less inclined to, too, because they feel they're breaking a covenant that their grandfather gave it to their father and their father gave it to them, so they don't feel like they should. I, I so they under- should keep it? Well, I don't think they should, but, right, but, but, but they it, think. it's tough if it's all tied up in a family business, too. Sure. But, uh, no, I think that if you're lucky in this world, and and yeah. a lot of was what was determined about us was the moment we were born. You know, where fear. we were born, who we were born to, I mean... You know, your zip code really is yeah. important in terms of your future. And, the ovarian and lottery. Absolutely. Winning it, as you say. The ovarian lottery. And, and I've been lucky. You've been lucky. Mm-hmm. Most of our friends have been lucky. Very. And a lot of people aren't lucky. What is, Warren, the number one thing that the Trump administration could do right now to help the most marginalized in society? I think we could reform and expand the, the earned income tax credit. I think people... People don't need a minimum wage. They need, they need, they need a 
maximum amount of cash in their pocket. And, and the earned income tax credit rewards those who work, but they also help the person whose skills don't fit a market economy. Your skills fit a market economy, my skills fit a market sure. economy. Not everybody's doing it. If this was a sports economy, I'd starve to them. You could give me six hours of retraining every day. <laughs> me and too. practice at night. I wouldn't be any good. And so people, we want a market economy, but a rich family does not leave people behind. Has the president called you? Because I know you've said you, you don't pick up the phone and call presidents. Never called the president. You've never called the president. Has President Trump called you and asked for your advice on that or on the economy? No, but, but if you ever did, I give him my best advice. But, but uh, the answer is no, and they should. I mean, very few presidents have called me. Uh, certainly, you know, probably the most times I've ever been called by a, a president might be four times mm. or something like that. The stock market is at record highs. Unemployment is below 4%. Uh, economic growth in the second quarter was 4.1%. Is the economy, the U.S. economy, as strong as President Trump says it is? Or are you seeing some warning signs? Well, the economy has gotten steadily stronger since the third quarter of 2009. And quarter by quarter, you know, we were adding, sometimes we'd add 100,000 jobs a month, sometimes we'd add 200,000. And it's come back from being in the emergency ward uh, in 2009. And it, con- it continues to. I mean, the economy is very good now. Uh, you see certain things. Uh, uh, New home construction hasn't been as strong as I would have thought it might be, but it's still strong. And, you know, autos may be off a little, but that is off from a figure. That but but as, as you know, there are uh, people who watch the market very closely, watch the economy very closely, who say, look, this has been a nine-year run. This has been a nine-year bull market. Those are cracks that we're starting to see, and I'm worried about a recession sooner than later. Do you think we are due for a recession sooner well, than later? Well, America's been on a 242-year run. I mean, it just gets interrupted a little bit, but but I mean, if you're looking for a run, just look around. There was nothing here in 1776, and now look what we've got. So, right. so we're on a run. It gets interrupted, and it will get interrupted from time to time, and I don't have the faintest idea when it'll happen, and whether it's nine years old or nine months old, it can still happen you're at not, any time. You're not worried? I'm not worried about the long-term future of America, no, and I don't worry about the short-term. That makes me a happy guy. <laughs> taxes. Do you think, because now because of tax reform, uh, we have lower taxes, uh, largely for, for the most wealthy in this country, do you think lower taxes will provide more in a long-term boost to the economy? Or is this a little bit of a sugar rush? I, well, I would rather have any tax cuts overwhelming and go to the people that, that uh, uh, are kind of watching while the rest of the world, the rest of the country prospers. But the majority I mean, aren't. I mean, the well, majority uh, of the cuts... Yeah, no, the, the, the tax cuts uh, favored Berkshire Hathaway. You. Well, not so much me. I'm going to give it all away anyway. They, they, but, so, but we've got a million-plus shareholders, and, and uh, we, in effect, had a partner in the U.S. government that was owned 35% of our income stream. It didn't own the assets. It didn't have mm. a stock certificate, mm. but it owned 35% of the earnings, and, and, and there were a lot of variations in that, but basically it is. Right. And all of a sudden, they gave us 14% back. That increased our shareholder share of the earnings from 65 to 79%. Mm-hmm. We got 20% of the company back for nothing. So is this the basis for a long-term boost, or is this a little bit of a sugar rush? Well, it isn't a sugar rush, but it, it, the, the question of who you tax mm-hmm. and how you, how you handle 
expenditure for government, what government should expend it for. But it, mm-hmm. it, there's no question that corporations, owners of those corporations, benefited significantly. More from my conversation with Warren Buffett after the break. Let's talk about growth. The Congressional Budget Office predicts 2.4% growth next year. Um, President Trump touts and has touted 4%. He even said up to 6% economic growth annually on his watch. Do you think that will happen on an annual basis? I don't have the faintest idea. I think the United States per capita will have growth over time, and it's done magnificently for a couple hundred years doing that, but it doesn't do it in a straight line. And I don't have any idea of what any quarter, any year is going to be, and (coughs) my experience is that economists don't either. Let's talk a little bit of politics. You are a Democrat. You are a very vocal supporter of Hillary Clinton. Do you think, as we head into the midterms, Warren, that Democrats right now have a clear message that they can win on? Well, I'm not a card-carrying Democrat. I've given money for Republicans to Republicans. I've voted for Republicans. But I vote for more Democrats, and I certainly supported Hillary in in, in 2016. But uh, I... You have a lot of people who are buying, are going to buy for the Democratic nomination. You've got 435 different uh, people running for Congress, presumably. Is they're going to have a lot of different views. I, I think there is the- no super rallying cry, uh, except elect us, you know, basically. But there's never been a totally unifying force. In, in either party. But do the Democrats right now, if they want to retake the House, for example, if they want to win in 2020, need a super rallying cry? Because there is the super liberal progressive wing that we've seen win a number of these early primaries, and then there's the more centrist. We'll find out. I mean, we do not know the answer to that. But what we uh, what we do know is when an election's 65 or whatever, 70 days away, that a lot of things can happen, and, yeah. and it'll depend on two things. It'll depend on, on which party has the most excited in terms of turnout, because mm-hmm. turnout really makes a difference. And then the second thing, it'll be the slice in the middle, yeah. but who they're attracted to. Is there a name, someone you like for 2020 yet? There's going to be a lot of names, and there's no there's no one that, no, I, I'll, I'll make a decision on 2020 and 2020. Before we move on, do you feel at all as though the Democratic Party as a whole um, has lost its direction a bit after, for example, the deplorable comments? Are no, you concerned I, about their direction when it comes to the to the working class and the Rust Belt, for example? Well, no, I, I think I've, I've, I've lived under 15 out of 44 presidents. I'm more than a third of the presidents. And, and there's, there's, you know, my dad was in Congress. And, and, uh, a Republican uh, in Congress. He was a Republican, and he was a Republican with a Republican Congress and a Democratic Congress. And believe me, it was a lot more fun to be in the majority. The... No, I think politicians behave very much as they have over the years. I think the profession self-selects to a degree, and I think some of them do it for ideology, and some of them do it for ego, and some of them, uh, you know, I mean, you, just, you get a mix. And, and, and somebody said motivation should never be used in the singular. So, I mean, some of them are, are some mixture of ambition, really caring about ideology, and, and, and that'll continue forever. Let me, let me ask you about capitalism. As someone who has benefited greatly yeah. uh, from, from capitalism, there's a new Gallup poll out that stunned me. And, and what it shows is that for the first time over the past decade, Democrats have a more positive view of socialism. 
than they do of capitalism. I'm not kidding. Positive no, view I, of capitalism. 47% positive yeah. view of socialism, 57%. Your take on that? And is that I, my take is they haven't tried it. <laughs> they can find plenty of socialists. I don't see people migrating from the capitalist system to socialist systems. Uh, and I would regard, I would describe our system more as a market system. I mean, and, and, and a market system which has to be modified in certain ways, but does push resources and talent and everything to people, mm. things people are going to want in the future. I think it's a remarkable system. So capitalism is still best for America. Oh, the, mar the market system is, yeah, I would call it the market system, but cap I'll, I will call it capitalism too. I, no, I, I vote for capitalism. On nuclear weapons, because this is something you talk extensively about in your, your concern, you told me when we sat down just days after the 2016 election, the most important thing is what person, being president, is most likely to minimize the chances of weapons of mass destruction being used. Has President Trump minimized that risk? Well, it's very hard to measure, Poppy. I mean, it's very hard to measure anybody, any president, because there are so many moving pieces, and and there are times when you have to be tough. There are times when you, you know, the, the, there's times when you give some, and there's times when you crack down. It, it is very hard to tough. It's, it's, a, it's very tough to figure out with the cyber threat in addition to nuclear, chemical, and biological. I mean, there are lots of people in the world, and there are some uh, tribes of some sort, and there's a few nations that really wish ill on, on us and other people. And, and they have way more weapons at their, at their so, fingertips. So uh, as we sit here today versus where we were when you and I sat down two years ago, a few days after the election, on that front of you know weapons of mass destruction, nuclear weapons... Do you feel safer? Well, I, I feel the world gets ever more dangerous. I mean, I think mm -hmm. cyber now is a lot different than it was even when we mm -hmm. talked a couple of years ago. And that is not good. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 and I think, so the, I think the ability of a country or even an individual to inflict massive damage increases. Mm -hmm. And I think that it is the United States government and other governments around the world. To work, and that's job number one by miles. Right. The economy will take care of itself, uh, but it is a dangerous world mm. with the kind of weaponry, including cyber, that's that is available to the people that wish us ill. Let's talk about health care. Sure, uh, because it's easier to talk about than change. <laughs> you have taken on health care by storm. Uh, you've teamed up with Amazon founder Jeff Bezos, J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon. To basically turn the healthcare industry and health insurance industry on its head to lower costs, make it more effective. What is success in your mind on that front? What does well, this become? Because the health insurers are freaked out. It becomes well, they shouldn't be that necessarily, but the the whole system does not. It was interesting when we were interviewing people to uh, be in charge. Everybody agrees that there's a better system out there, but they just don't think it involves them. They're not the problem. <laughs> They're not the problem. I mean, that's, that's human nature. I'd be, be the same way. But the, the, the goal is to check this tapeworm of costs. 18% of GDP. I mean, that is, I know. that dwarfs everything. And, and growing, at the, at the very least, we've got to figure out a way to check that preferably reduce it a little bit, getting closer to other countries, and 
have a better outcome for, for people. So, so what about and, the- and that's not the, that's a very, very, very tough. Um, it sounds like the health insurer should be a, a little bit concerned, or at least that their business might have to change. But what I mean, what about those that are running on the single payer uh, promise right now? Is that the answer? Well, it may be the answer we end. Uh, not we as uh, I mean the country right ends up with just because voters are going to decide it. <clears throat> yeah. I mean it's it's a very important issue. <clears throat> the, I would I would like to see. Obviously, the, the private sector arrive at something that gets the cost benefits of that mm-hmm. and and eliminate some of the downsides of it, and where people in the end feel mm-hmm. they're, they're they're getting better health care than they than they were under the present system. And instead of being eighteen percent, it might be sixteen percent or something like that. Get, getting better. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. On Apple, so I've learned this morning that Berkshire has bought up even more Apple shares. Correct. Not 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 a huge amount. Well, you already own 239 well, million shares, well, which is 21. We own, we own more than we did on June 30, but not well, a lot. Well, look, that's 21 plus you know percent of Berkshire's portfolio, so it's a lot. You like Apple? That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Um, and here here are my two questions on Apple. Is there anything that Apple is doing right now that makes you think that it won't eventually? lose its dominance the way that IBM did? That's the question always. <laughs> I mean, you know, BlackBerry, I mean, <laughs> AOL, I mean, you can name all kinds of slide rules. <laughs> so, type, typewriters, the, that, that's the question. I mean, any time you have a magnificent castle on the hill, people are going to come and try to take it away from you. That's, that's the market system, and I love it. But you but, wouldn't be buying it if you thought that castle was falling I apart. It, I think it's a hell of a castle, but I, and I think that the knight in charge of the castle is terrific. You're talking about Tim Cook. Yeah. Why do you like him so much? Why I, do you think he's so effective? Well, I, I don't know what's in his genes or anything, but he is he is a very, very good manager. I mean, people were, just because he succeeded Steve Jobs, I mean, everybody say, who's this guy, you know, basically? Well, we know who this guy is, and he is a very, mm-hmm. very good manager, and, but it is a business where you have a whole lot of people figuring, how am I going to take the castle away from you? Yeah. Uh, as we end, a little bit of rapid fire. Have you ever played rapid fire? Not, not very often. I'm not keen on it because I All right. one, one word answers are great. All right. Well, how about short, very quick short <laughs> answers? But try for one word. Uh, Bitcoin. A uh, bad ending. Apple. I love it. <laughs> 2020. 2020. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Yeah, right. yeah. No, that's what makes life interesting. I, I, I do not have the faintest idea what's going to happen in 2020, but I know it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to watch. Are we in a trade war? Yes, no. Well, we're in a trade skirmish. There's no question about it. Skirmish. I mean, it's different than, than and, and we don't want it to turn into a war, and it shouldn't turn into a war, and it's in everybody's interest mm. that it doesn't turn into a war. That's and right. The, what you hope comes out of it is even better relations and more mm-hmm. trade throughout the world. Optimistic? I'm optimistic, yeah. What keeps you up at night? Well, nothing. I take Ambien. <laughs> okay. Warren, thank you. Thank Happy you. birthday. Okay. I bet you're hungry. Have a good lunch. <laughs> okay, I will. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Boss Files. If you're a new fan of the show, please go to Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app and subscribe. While you're there, leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. As always, you can follow me at Poppy Harlow CNN. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Now streaming exclusively on Max, a new CNN flash talk about the album that has Nashville talking, Call Me Country, Beyonce and Nashville's Renaissance. Watch it at max.com slash callmecountry. Max subscription required.